I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> Are you, you know, know why? Because as long as he stays, United aren't that yeah. much of a threat. You know what? That was the first game that really finished me off, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that was the first game. That was the game that finished me off. Sandfields. Oh, <laughs> I, I keep hearing that. Oh, it's Anfield. It's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium, in it. It's not my fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Tell them. Tell them. The Breakdown Podcast. What's good, people? You're tuned into the Breakdown Podcast. This is episode 18. We had a little break, obviously, been away. Um, so, Happy New Year to everybody and all that good stuff. Hope your breaks was good. Plenty of football over Christmas and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, how you how you boys been? Good, man. Good, good to be back. Team's back. Ready for a new year. Refreshed. All that happy good year, stuff guys. that you said. Happy New Year. Get me. For that, it's been a minute. Boy, um, <laughs> just uh, just watch the the Ghana game for for Afcon in it. I know we'll get into that wrong, but a bit disappointed. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still recovering from COVID and that, but yeah, we're here. And I'm Jay. I'm glad I didn't watch the Ghana game. Otherwise, I would have been pissed off right now. One <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, you said, you know, you mad. So why? <laughs> It's, it's, it's mad because I expected the result, but I'm a true fan of Ghana, so <laughs> I don't mm. like it, bro. You know what? Was... Yeah, hey, man. I know the feeling, bro. It's so yeah. mad. That's the thing. When I was... what Nah, because there's, there's a few teams. Obviously, my country's not in it. Uganda's not in it, yeah? So I just pick a few countries and I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I like these teams or whatever. Ghana's in my roster. So when I'm watching this game, I'm annoyed by what I'm seeing, but We'll get into it afterwards anyway. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, like obviously there's football over Christmas. Um, there's a lot of games played and whatever. Um, but it feels like well, at start anyway, like before the Christmas thing even started, we we're having this conflict in the 2021, like oh um, you know, matches getting called off, um, you know, due to COVID, and then certain managers moaning about fixtures, fixture pile up and all that kind of stuff. Like, is that a real thing? Do we need to keep having this conversation when it comes to English football, when it comes to fixture pile-up, the Christmas schedule and stuff like that? Do we need, like, really and truly, do we need to keep having that conversation? Or is it something that should just be put to bed? Like, why, why do you think there's a real, do you think the product suffers as a result of having two games, three three games maybe in five days or whatever? Do you, do you, do you think that the product actually suffers or that there's even any credence to what, these men seem to have been crying about? Um, no. If I'm going to be honest with you, um, I'm pretty sure if you go if you go back, you know, through the last 20 years or so, that football in this country has always been like this. Am I wrong? Um, the, 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 fixture, the, the fixture congestion in, in, in Christmas and winter has always been the same. I guess the only probably difference now is and the reason why we're probably hearing about it a lot more now is because of the whole COVID factor and how how that plays a part. And if we speak about someone like someone like Klopp in, in this instance now, Klopp is someone that lost his mother last year um, to, to COVID, right? So it's a lot more closer to home in the, in that regard. So he's always going to have a stronger opinion um, with regards to certain staff and wanting to protect 
not just himself, but his staff and you know the rest of the players and stuff like that. So there are different caveats to it, I guess. Um, and many people will kind of look at it as an excuse, or as an easy excuse to make. But I mean, everyone has their own personal problems in it. So um, I think in isolation, um, no, fixture pilot should never be an issue. The players are fit enough uh, um, to be able to do this doing this long enough already. But I mean, COVID taken into account. And I mean the amount of cases that we've been seeing, and all the, all the games being called off, and I think I think maybe they do have a little bit of a leg to stand on. I think. Mm. Yeah, because it's important to split that, isn't it? Like you split the whole COVID side of things. On COVID, my opinion is simple: if you haven't got enough players to be able to 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 fill the team, then of course call the game off, right? If the cases are mad, you need to call the game off. But if it's just like players are tired or your best players who you want to play are tired, um, then I, I, don't, I, don't understand, I don't understand how that's any different. Because, you know, in our league, in, in the English league, this is just how it is. In certain other leagues, Spain or whatever, they'll just give you the weekend off. Oh, what, you're playing Champions League? Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. You just, you know, you ain't got a fixture this week. They'll help you out with your times. In the Premier League, you can play Europa League on Thursday night and have a 12.30 Saturday kickoff. That's just... That's, that's it. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. That's no different. Yeah. To be fair to to Klopp, I know he's the loudest, um, the loudest drummer and the loudest vocalist of it. But um, I've seen like Brendan Rodgers, Steven Gerrard as well. Um, the point that they make is that if a player or if a team doesn't play a game or if a player has to isolate because they've caught COVID and then come in they're more at risk of um, getting an injury. That's the points that they've made. Um, but, um, and which is a fair point. Um, but I think most of these managers, when they make their points, they're fair points, but they're also self-serving points. So they, they're doing it because they want their best players out on the pitch and they want to have as best chance to win as possible, which is fair enough, they're competing. But um, like you guys have said, the product doesn't suffer and I think um, what these managers need to consider is that this is why they get paid not them per se but the clubs and them and the players this is why they get paid so much money from these TV companies Amazon whoever um, Sky BT they get these billions so that they can invest in their squad they can invest in the staff um, behind the scenes to earn their money um, with you know whatever um analytics or injury prevention whatever and also um some of these top clubs have what state-of-the-art um uh, academies um training facilities and um and loads of reserve players out on loan and that's what it's there for it might not be what you like as a top manager you might think oh you know i'm weakening myself but that's what it's there for so i feel like you have to use your squad that's why the squad is there the, the, the rules are there. My only thing about it now is that you get situations where uh, this is a situation I remember. So, for example, Arsenal, I think, I think was supposed to play Wolves last year, just at the end of last year. That got called off. Um, but in the same time, Man City played like, I think, three games, um, whereas Arsenal played one game. Um, and therefore, they have like that advantage over them that they've they've had more of a rest. But 
I mean, if you don't play Champions League or European football like Arsenal don't, they have that advantage anyway. Um, and obviously in that game, when they played each other, they uh, Man City found a, found a way of overcoming it. So, yeah, largely, I don't think it, it, should, it should affect the product. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. I don't believe it should. T, why is your manager, please, as the Liverpool representative here, talk to me about your manager and why, or if you believe there's any credence to what he's saying. Well, I agree with Jay that I don't think it's just Klopp. I think he's definitely just the loudest one. But um, you know what? Like to be honest, we don't we don't really know what happens behind the scenes and what sort of chaos or havoc this whole thing is creating. And I think this is part of the issue. There's not much transparency over this COVID issue if we're looking at that as just you know the kind of isolated one because you know. When did when did the players contract the COVID? Who who are the players? Are they actually in the first team or not? You know, there's a there's a lot of smoke with it. So to be honest, it's a good example today. Like I think Klopp came out yesterday and said that Liverpool had a lot of false uh, positives, um, and a lot of Arsenal fans were like, when the game got called off, a lot of Arsenal fans were 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 fuming because they were like, well, you know, what's going on? Is this just a hold on, hold on, just to clarify? Hold on, just to clarify. So Liverpool had players that didn't have COVID that that tested positive. So from what I could see, I just saw Klopp saying that they had false positives. So that sounds like they had suspected cases, and maybe then when they tested them again, maybe it was negative. I don't know the ins and outs in it. Like I said, I've not really been too close to the football over the last week or two. But um, it, in terms of your question, um, do I think the product suffers? I think it does. I think it does. Like, but depending on how you look at it. So if you think about, if you think about like a macro level and think about perhaps like the the Nations League being introduced, the starting and and the ending of seasons, where the COVID thing, where the COVID break happened, it meant that a lot of the games and fixtures were condensed were condensed. So when you think about like the start of this season, when it's going to finish and then asking the players obviously to next season play the World Cup. Um, and it, it feels to me like essentially with, with COVID, with the pandemic, we don't really know how that's affecting man, family in their personal lives. And also as well, there's not one way to measure someone, one person getting COVID from another Someone might have long COVID. Someone might, you know, they 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 might technically have finished their isolation period and be able to train and stuff again. But we've seen so many cases from managers where they're saying, "Listen, I can't put this player back in because, you know, before he had COVID, his his results were this. You know, when when they when they're running around and they're testing this and this and the third, but he can't recover in the same way. So to me, there's no way. There's no one rule of like measuring the impact of COVID and that's obviously going to affect the product. So I don't see how it doesn't because we don't actually know the ins and outs of how it's affecting each player, you know? Do so you, do you, what, what I would say is just on that, in terms mm -hmm. of like it affecting the product, do you visibly see that? Like, so us as fans, can we visibly see, nah, this is dead because they played two days ago and they're all knackered, for example, or well, is it, do you know what I mean? 
on that point, I don't think much has changed necessarily on that on that point specifically because before there was obviously the fixture pile up, and as and as you men have said, that's just how it was. So yeah, you know, if a, if a, if a player is coming back from the players playing on Boxing Day, and there's you know wild results as we could see, you know, from the tradition is usually that there are there are a lot of goals scored on Boxing Day, and the assumption is that you know players <laughs> had a drink or had too much to eat or whatever, and that's just how it is. So everyone kind of assumes that 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 makes sense to me, but I don't think that's 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 a different point. The the COVID thing, I I think I I think with the um, presence of the pandemic, I think that's it's, it's definitely gonna have suffered. But the, the matches, I think it is where it is it is where it is. Yeah, I think I, I heard Sean Dash talking about it, and he was like, "Listen, the only thing that's changed is the technology and the support for the players," which I agree with. Um, you know, he's he's coming and he's just said, "Yeah, rightly so." The players get a lot of. They have their 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 dietary support there. They have their their mental support. They have a lot more um, analysts and these kind of things to 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 basically spoon feed them what they need to do to help them. So um, yeah, I, I think that's a separate point. But overall, I do think the 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 product suffers because of the pandemic. Though. Yeah, but no, if you take the pandemic to the side, that's what I'm trying to say. So the pandemic, mm. we I think we're all unanimous on the fact that. You know, if you haven't got players, you can't play. And if there's a risk, like just just don't even don't even don't even try. Just call the game off. But I mean, take that to one side. Just the general fixture pileup around mm. the Christmas time, because you know, in other leagues, you got two weeks off, two solid weeks. Yeah. You can go and post your lovely, you know, pictures next to the Christmas tree in your pajamas and stuff. And and you know, you ain't got to go and play the next day. But here, you you know, for you're training on Christmas Day. And then you're playing on Boxing Day. Because I remember I saw Man City played against um, Leicester, walloped Leicester. Yeah, it was, it was mm. score 6-3 or something like that. Something mad. Walloped yeah. them. Then they played against Arsenal. And Arsenal absolutely pasted Man City. And obviously Man mm. City had to use some interested um, <laughs> winning mentality, shall we say, to get, to get the win against Arsenal. But after the game, Pep did say, he was like, listen, we were knackered. That's the reason why we played so, so poorly. Do you know what I mean? Well, that was his excuse anyway, that the players mm. had no no energy left. So it's just one of them ones where that's what I'm trying to say. If you remove COVID from to one side and just talk about the English, the way that the English game is structured yeah. in terms of playing over Christmas, playing New Year's Day, playing the FA Cup, then getting it's into always, the league. It's always been the same. The only thing to to that point that I've noticed is that I think before there was uniform Boxing Day fixtures, right? Everyone used to play on Boxing Day. Now some people are playing on the twenty seventh, but again, there's 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 the two day gap. If you play on twenty seventh, you play on the twenty ninth. If you play on the twenty sixth, you play on the twenty eighth. So, yeah, unless there's something in that, I don't see any difference. Yeah, I'm from a. From, I'm just thinking because I'm just trying to look at it this year. Obviously, I got one view, but I'm trying to look at it from a player's point of view. The breakdown podcast. Obviously, players need to rest, recuperate. And go again for the next day. But for these managers with big squads, which a lot of the Premier League have got big squads, it's just a willingness. In my opinion, it's just a it's an unwillingness to rotate your team. Because even well, if, you, if even even Aston Villa, Aston Villa can rotate. They can, they can choose between. Point. Yeah, they can choose between John McGinn, 
You know, they can choose to play Douglas Louise, they can choose to play Buendia and Traore and all these guys. They've got loads of options kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those ones where do you want to play your second choice right back or do you want to play the kid in there? Because if I remember growing up as a Man United fan, O'Shea and Wes Brown Christmas, that was their time. That was the that was their that was the time when these some of these guys will start coming out. Darren Fletcher when he's first been introduced into the team. Christmas was their time whilst everybody else rested. Do you get what I'm saying? And there was less money in the game there. So I don't understand how we can have more money, more players, more squad, more information, and still be talking about, oh, you know, there's too much load on these players. Yeah. Uh, so John and Henderson came out and saying, what did he say as well? He said something about the welfare of the players, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the thing, one thing I'd put in there as well is that if managers are consistently you know, going into presses, talking about, you know, tired players or whatever, what kind of, potentially, what kind of mentality are you inserting in there into the team? I don't know. But, you know what I mean? Like, if you keep talking about it, it could have the wrong wrong impact on the on the team, right? That's the thing. Because Man, Man City spoke about it and wiped everyone's faces. They just won everything. Every mm. single game possible is won it. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a difference in, in, in the way that you're attacking it. Yeah, and you can see with Man City as well, like against Brentford, against Arsenal, as you said as well, it weren't it weren't their usual, you know, fluid self, but they forced it through. That was where mentality part coming through. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I think even Pep talks about it as well, isn't it? So yeah. But then he yeah. goes, We have to do it, so that's it. Yeah. And and that's the thing. That that's just how it's always been. It's always been like that, like like we've touched on. So um, it's no difference, and this is why December is such a pivotal time of the year. And this is this this is what people always speak about because this is the time of the year where it's kind of make or break for you know however many storylines there are in the league. Whether you're fighting for the top of the table, you know you're in the middle half trying to break in, trying to break into um, break into the Europa League spots. Or you're in the relegation spot trying to break out. Did you know I'm trying to say? And within within the space of like maybe two two to two and a half weeks, a, a real shape starts to build up now. So I guarantee you, you look at the table now in comparison to just before Christmas started, it, it looks completely different in terms of like the points gaps and everything else. With like every single team that's played, have all played within the same sort of conditions. They've had to all play. Do you get me? So they've all suffered. They've all had players that are out for COVID or, you know, players are tired or this, that and the other call. But again, it's, it's on even playing ground. So they're all, if, the they, if they say they're suffering, they're all suffering. So there shouldn't be any complaints here. Do you get what I'm trying mm. to say? And it's like what Jay said, did these men only speak out because they're thinking about themselves? So, you know, you're speaking about rotation and that. What, what man always used to do and have been doing for have been there for years. The reason why now they don't want to do it, they, why they feel like, oh, we're going to use this excuse and try not try to get out of it and all the rest of it is because you know, they just don't want to do it. Why don't they want to do it? Because they want to have the best players available to win games, and 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 that's what it simply comes down to. Now I don't blame them for that. You know, the same way that I know Arsenal fans were complaining about Liverpool, about Liverpool, the cancel the game and all the rest of it. Why did they, why did they complain? Because they knew that Liverpool were, were basically da- basically down on their knees, and that was an opportunity for them to get one over on them to try and possibly make a cup final. Did you get what I'm trying to say? That's the reason why Arsenal fans are upset. If we're going to be real, if it weren't yeah. that, they wouldn't have cared. 
If it, if it was not Liverpool in that situation and it was a low league side that they'd be expected to be, they wouldn't they wouldn't have complained because they would still expect to go through. Do you see what I mean? So it really depends on um, you know whether you're speaking for yourself or whether you're actually being truthful. But I'll make I'll make the one point though in all this in, in all of this space that all this has been happening and that I've been thinking is it time for us to really try and go down the uh, you know the European route and I don't know whether it's because other European leagues don't have um, the Carabao Cup equivalent in their calendar um, for them to gain this two weeks off and all the rest of it but I, I see other clubs in Europe travel to have a little warm weather, a little bit of warm weather training for two weeks, come back, be refreshed, and hit the second half of the season hard and all the rest of it. Um, is that something that would actually benefit a lot of the teams here in England as well? I don't know. Um, just in terms of injury and form and all the rest of that, um, and possibly even form into international tournaments as well. Because this is something that you, that, you know, the other leagues they like to um, pipe on about all the time so yeah. I just I just wonder yeah I don't I don't believe so because I think the majority of the money in this country goes towards players managers salaries transfers TV deals all these kind of stuff yeah the way that this the way that the tapestry is in English football it's all money like it's just money money dictates everything they were trying to the Premier League were trying to sell games on pay-per-view that's that that's all you need to know that's all you need to know people with Sky Sports BT Sport whatever the Premier League was still saying, "Listen, we're gonna do this on X, Y, and Z." Now, when there was, when there was now, um, when there was the talk of like, let's have a circuit breaker, right? Like what you're talking about, T- circuit breaker, you know, keep it fresh or whatever else. They they went into the Premier League, and the Premier League said, "Yeah, so the the fixtures on <laughs> just gonna go ahead, right? That's it." That, that, there was not a discussion there. It was just like, "Yeah, you're playing." Because Amazon have played their paid their money. Simple. Simple. That's it. Ali McCoy has already been booked. He's been booked for co-commentary. So that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's just how it goes. Like, that's that, boy. We've set this up. So in that way, I understand what the players are saying in terms of, I feel like a bit of a piece of meat at the moment or whatever. But that's, for me, this is them looking at their counterparts in Madrid and in Germany and wherever. And where you have the abundance of European players and the more importantly, European managers, they're looking at their peers and they're going, nah. But their peers are also looking at their salaries and saying, I'd like a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the trade-off. It's a clear trade-off. If you want to take less money, cool. Because remember, some of these leagues don't get the attendance that the Premier League or the viewership that the Premier League gets. Mm -hmm. So... Frankfurt playing against I don't know Borussia Mönchengladbach for example it ain't the same over it won't be the same as even some of our mid-table teams it's not always the same attendance do you get what I'm trying to say it's not always the same viewing figures and definitely it's not the same price for a ticket I tell you that for a fact it's not the same price for a ticket so the money means that this is the product unfortunately that's just the way you have to look at it the money means that this is what we're doing I, but your question, Kofi, is like, would it be good for them to have a break? I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure that the players would say, "Yeah, let's have a little, little break and whatever." But would if you packaged it where it's like, "Listen, this is how much money is lost out of the game. Therefore, your salary is cut by this much." 
it's like turkeys voting for Christmas. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, it would be. That's a bar. <laughs> would, 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 I'll tell you what as yeah. well. Because um, you even had, um, I think, Conte and probably Klopp as well saying that, yeah, let's move this Carabao Cup to one, to one, um, the semi-finals to one, one leg. Mm. And Klopp said, oh, if it's at Arsenal, don't care. Let's go to Arsenal and see what happens. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 down to money, you know. Yeah. As we know, if, if you look at all the competitions and you look at the prize money at the end of it, I think the Carabao Cup is like a hundred bags, something like that, that yeah. you get. Some in, in the context of it, you look at the games that you have to play. Those managers are probably more importantly, the ownership is probably like, well, it's, it's an easy choice for us. What what are we gonna prioritize? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm, I'm not surprised, and obviously Klopp as well. Speaking to 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 human's point before about the self interest, I, I think that's spot on. Because, like, if you if you look at it, the only way, and I only see Klopp giving this kind of energy. To be honest, the only way Liverpool can can compete, as we all know, is if they get their first eleven each time. And we know mm-hmm. City are sitting the 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 barometer. So even if Liverpool were to 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 field their their best players each time, it only gives them the opportunity. Doesn't even guarantee anything. Because City are just City are just winning um, in an unprecedented way, so it's very clear. Like it's a self-interest thing with Klopp, and also, like Klopp's methods are probably quite very demanding. Let's be honest about it. So obviously he's going to be the one that's like, yeah, you know, I want my players to have a rest, but that might not be that might not be representative of everybody else because not everyone uses the same tactics. So yeah, man, I think. With these men, I think you you men have made a, made excellent points. Like you can't you can't you can't say that oh we should ha- we should take a break, but then also want to be benefiting from the finance off the back of it, which which a lot of these models rely on at the end of the day. So because let know. me be honest, bro. Let me let me keep a hundred percent true. If we give them a two week break here, they're going to play friendlies. So 100%. let's not kid ourselves. They're going to do warm weather training and they're going to play friendlies against Shanghai FC or they're going 100%. to play against Montreal 100%. Impact or whoever. They're going to play friendlies, bruv. They're not, they're not going <laughs> to see that gap and say, yeah, we'll let you chill at home. No, on the plane mm. you go, do you get what I'm trying to say? Doing some warm weather, I don't know, training, running, some appearances or whatever. So they'll still use it as an opportunity to replace that bread. There's no way that bread is leaving and then that's it, our oh, player welfare. Yeah, right, man. Yeah, right. It's just not going to happen. Do you get what I'm saying? They've got, tw- they got big squads. So for me, I, it's just highlighting really, like you're saying, the self-seeking nature of a lot of this that's going on. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of like individuals. Do you get what I'm saying? Obviously, you segue into the, the, the next individual who spoke over Christmas <laughs> or released his interview over Christmas, Lukaku, did some interview with Sky Italy um, in which he, he was basically... Pretty much just pandering to Italian into Milan, because obviously his circumstances of leaving was that the club needed needed to get rid of him, <clears throat> to get rid of the, to get wages off the, off the off the books. Obviously they've accomplished what they wanted. They won Serie A, whatever. Manager gone, top player gone, Hakimi gone. You know, um, cool. So he's obviously done this interview saying like I'm not happy with the way that the manager's deploying me. That's the kind of angle that I want to kind of go down. Like, Kofi, obviously, you can probably elaborate the most. 
that is there any is there any reason for him to be talking like this in terms of how the manager has deployed him versus what his skill set is? Yeah, you know it's, it's it's quite mad because when he when he when he obviously came, you know, he gave he gave the big you know big talk and saying yeah you know you could play you know a multitude of different ways and you know he's he's multifaceted in the terms of his game he could do this he could do that um, and obviously. Um, for when the interview was done, I think that was the time where he'd come back from his ankle injury, but he hadn't got any games. He'd been on the bench for like four games in a row. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I think um, TT had come out and even said in one of the press conferences yeah, that, yeah, he may feel like he's ready, but we don't feel like he's ready to come back, so we have to ease him back in. You can imagine for, for Rom at that time, it was obviously annoyed him. Um, and then for him to come out and say, ah, oh, he's not particularly happy with the way that he's been, well, he didn't so much say that he's been unhappy with the way he's been deployed. Obviously, we can infer that with what he said, which was, you know, um, the manager's playing a different system to what to what he's used to type thing. And it's just a case of him having to work hard now to be professional, work hard to get back in and all the rest of it. Now, when you look, when you break down what you said in that case, it doesn't sound like a dig at the manager. It just sounds like, you know what, this is a circumstance. Um, I just have to basically get on with it. And that's what you would expect from all your professional players, right? Mm-hmm. So it really depends on how you, what sort of lens you want to look at in terms of the way he was speaking. Um, I don't think, and it's mad because Jay knows I was very angry about the nonsense that he came out with. The fact that he even did it in the first place pissed me off. I weren't, I weren't trying to hear anything other than uh, other than this guy just being excluded from the squad or, or just chopped or whatever. Like, number one signing, 100 million, I don't care. He just had to be dropped. It's just a respect thing. You don't go and do those things behind the play, behind your, your teammates' back, behind the club's back. And not even only that, he's done it behind the backs of his own representatives as well. What kind of, what kind of finishes is that? You just you get what I'm saying? And... Um, I mean, I could go into a lot more, but even then, just thinking about it, it just angers me. Um, but I get his his own prerogative and his own reasons for for doing it. Um, he, I, I could tell it wasn't in, it wasn't his intent to come out and then upset people. The breakdown podcast. But this guy, he clearly wasn't thinking about what he was saying. And the fact that he didn't advise anyone he was going to do this meant that he was not given any sort of real plan of how to deal with certain questions should they come up. And you know how PR works. You're going into into interview, you're prepped. If they ask you this, make sure you say this, this, that, Mm. and the other. So when you look at the interview, there's a whole multitude of different contradictions coming out left, right, centre. And that's that's on him. That's his fault. That's his fault. Mm. So he has no one else to blame but himself. But and that's not it's not his first rodeo, you know. It's exactly. not his first rodeo. Where where this thing's concerned, him him and Pogba, they can just you know, it's like the Spider Man emoji. Like this, this this is just what they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just this is just what they do. He did you know? he did that podcast as well, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's done loads of stuff. He's done a podcast. He's done the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. US from. Same he's done. He's, he's done rap freestyles. He, he, I mean, he's done a lot. He's done. He's honestly done a lot. But so, in terms of like just the playing stuff and that. So he used to play with Latoro Martinez, right? And obviously, Martinez being a big foil for him, 
before. Is that what he's talking about when he's like, I'm playing differently now? I'm yeah. Because at the moment, he's obviously, now they're making him play back to goal, which everybody said, oh, he's improved in that aspect. I think we can clearly see that's... <laughs> you've been waiting for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you've been waiting bro. for this. I, I, wish I, I might even I might even insert what I said at the start of the season just here now. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What did you say? <laughs> no, I will insert it. I'll, I'll edit this here and I'll insert what I said at the start of the season because I knew this day was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And it's not because he's a bad player or nothing, but it's just like you can't put lipstick on a pig, man. It is what it is. Yeah. Hey, it's simple Mark's as got that. Bars today, bro. He's got <laughs> he's mad bars today. He's got bars today. Hey, it's crazy. He's I don't know what the new year's done. But bro, Mark bro, is doing a rap battle today. I'm telling you, he's yeah. dropping punchlines. <laughs> bro, Lukaku, it is what it is. The guy is good running on to passes. The guy is good with service. The guy is good where you cross the ball in for him. The guy is good where you can't even see his run. He's good at bullying people. Very good at bullying people, especially in the air. He's bullying you, bro. It's, it's long. If you don't see him coming and he sees the back of your shirt as a defender, he's bullying. He doesn't want to be involved in build-up play. He just wants to run and shoot. That's simple. And some of his finishing is at bang tidy. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's how you deploy this guy. That's how Conte was deploying him. Even in the first few weeks of the season, I think even Conte had a little bit to say about how Lukaku was being deployed. I'm sure he did. He had mm. Conte had a couple of words and Tuchel was like, yeah, well, I'm the manager of Chelsea, so... Yeah, say what you oh, will. Yes, kind of yes, thing. yes, 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 yes. Right. So You're this right. didn't come out of nowhere. Do you get what I'm trying to say? This is rumbling for time. Conte can see. Lukaku mm. can see. Mm. Obviously, Tuchel's got a different opinion of what the profile of his forward is. Because if you see now, not playing Lukaku, playing Havertz up there, Havertz is not the same profile as Lukaku at all. Mm. Well, we spoke about this in a few pods back, in it? About um, what Tuchel what to, wants to try and achieve with his team. And he... he he wants more fluidity um, with his team. So he goes for, you know, the Havertz, the Pulisic, the Mason Mounts, and the, you know, the little guys up front who can interchange and, you know, rotate a lot, especially, um, especially with the, the wing-backs as well. Um, I know they're injured now. So, but then again, in another pod, we also talked about should the manager adapt to, oh. adapt to his team? Or is it the other way around? Um, and I don't know who um, sanctioned the Lukaku. Well, we know who sanctioned it, but I don't know who wanted it. Um, I don't know if two who was on board, but if he was, then he's got to play into his strengths. If he wasn't, then he's got to play into his strengths, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel for him. I know he wants to do his little thing with... Um, the players and that, but like Mark, like, like Mark was saying it in a group, in it, um, then there's truth to it. Like, there's gonna be one winner from from this um, if it carries on longer, and it won't be. I'll say it like this: it won't be two hall, but not that two hall's the kind of guy I don't think will be like heartbroken if if Chelsea sack him. I think he's done his thing; he's proved what type of coach he is. But in terms of keeping his job and Lukaku staying at the club, Lukaku will stay longer than Tuchel. There's no two ways about it with the investment. So it's a decision to make for, for Tuchel. Um, Lukaku's there to stay. The fact that Lukaku can even talk like that for me... It's greasy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, 
you know what? I, like, to an extent, I like that there is there are players talking about the reality of what's going on. But when you there's a line, and I think that's that's what Kofi was saying, and I agree. You, you overstep the line because then there's a, there's a there's a point where it becomes disrespect to your, your club, the the execs, you know, the supporters and the team. Um, but there was an element of some things I was I was seeing. Ah, oh, do you know what? It's, this is not the uniform answer that that you that you usually get from your players who's not talking about your feelings or you know how you exited somewhere or whatever. Because you know we're used to like man just saying, well, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll see how it is and we'll, we'll just, let's see at the end of the season kind of thing. So the flip side for me is that I guess there was a there was a bit of a refreshing element to it, but he just overstepped. And, and I think I think he just knows that his position at the club is just, is just one of strength. So that's yeah. why a man can just talk like that. Yeah, I think just on the, not on the playing stuff, but just the, you know, the interview itself, um, I think, not even the club and not even Tuchel. I, those guys can go over it. Like they get, they're paid enough or whatever. But the fans mainly is what I would say is, you know, it's a little bit because from what I know, and Kofi can correct me if I'm wrong. But since Lukaku's been back at Chelsea, he's been, he's had huge support from the fans. Um, so that if as a fan, that probably some of the things that he said, and I think him speaking in Italian as well and doing it in Italian, what's it called? <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't even like I'm doing it in English or whatever, and then they're going to translate. He's like, I'm speaking to you, Inter fans. I'm speaking to you guys, speaking to you in your, you know, your language and whatnot. It, it might be hard to take for the Chelsea fans, but he's get get on with it, I guess. That's the thing. They'll get over it, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he will score. He will score goals. That's the thing. Lukaku's going to score. Came back straight away, scored, winning goal against Aston Villa, whatever. This guy, he's, he's, he does what he does. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he scores goals. And if you're asking me, are Chelsea a better side with Lukaku in it? In my opinion, I say yes. I'm, I, I can't take out, I can't take him out and say, you know what? No, I think they're better off without him. No, I, I think they're a better side with him kind of thing. Um, because there's just there's there's on the transition there's a different level of um, we can be under the cosh this guy will net so that's something that you kind of lose a little bit when you don't when you don't have him in the side you can play badly with him and still win games you know what I mean um, especially in times where you get these defenders that just just they just seem to want to have a tussle with a strong player. I don't know why they seem to they seem to want to have a tussle with Lukaku. It only ends usually if you're not on it. It ends one way, you know what I'm trying to say. And and because he can do it for 95 minutes and score in the 95th minute, so it's just one of them. He's a he's a he's a great striker. Scored a lot of goals and stuff like that. So is what it is. He means a lot to Chelsea. He does mean a lot to Chelsea. And in terms of the fans, he scores, they'll celebrate. But everyone should know. And it's like it's like a theme on this podcast that we're saying. Everyone should know. Everyone's out for themselves. When it comes down to it, everybody's out for themselves. The manager, the players, even the fans. Do you know what I mean? Because if you're not playing well, the fans ain't going to care what you've done for a club or whatever. They're still going to say, they're still going to be on your back. So it's just a bunch of contractors. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Essentially, that's what it is. It's a bunch of contractors that together trying to play this pseudo pseudo morality sort of vibe going on. Do you know what I mean? Like play for the badge and this and that and the other. I, I hear it, 
But because of the amount of money in the game now, that stuff is kind of, you know, it's franchises now. Let's be honest. It's franchises. It's not clubs with the same history and whatever. From time you saw even owners, um, was it the Cardiff, Cardiff owner? Yeah. The club's called the Bluebirds. That's their nickname. Yeah. The Bluebirds. And the man took over the club and said they were in red. Like... Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, come on, man. Like, there's just been some, like, Mike Ashley, like, changing the name of Newcastle to the Sports Direct Arena. Like, come on, man. Like, St. James's Park, you know, there's some historical ground and stuff. So there's loads of stuff that's gone on that shows you kind of where people's heads are at and whatever. And it's just whether you're in the circus or not to, like, get emotionally invested in what somebody's saying or what they're doing and stuff like that. Because, like I say, you got to look at who the agent's been of this guy and who he's learned from and who his mate Pogba's learned from. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Both of them have that style of doing their thing. So if you get emotionally invested with these characters, they'll give you good performances, but this comes with it, in my opinion. This is just it just is what it is. It comes you can't get one without the other. I'll tell you what though, you ain't doing that again. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's. I mean, I know you probably say. I know you probably say you won't pay a pass him to because of how he is. Wait, he ain't, he ain't doing that again. There's no way. Guess. I guess we we'll watch this space. You know me already. You know me. Watch this space. You know. We we'll watch this space. We we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Because when he was at Manchester United, man, it was just it was it it was bad. It was bad, and you could see it. And I think at one point he even posted up like running stats of like him being the fastest at Manchester United and Luke Shaw was just like, exactly. Luke Shaw was just like, come on, mate. You know what I mean? I was anyway. I can't (laughs) say this on the podcast. I have to say it off offline anyway. But yeah, it's just it's just mad. At the time at Man United, there was the stuff that was going on there that you're just like, nah. No wonder he was feeling so 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 under it. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah. So obviously speaking about Man United as well, just briefly touch on them. Then they're like two games from a crisis and two games from their back. It's like every time, this, this is basically what you get. Two good performances. Oh, no, they're back. Two bad performances. Oh, it's turmoil. What is it? Is it turmoil or is it is is it as bad or is it as good as they kind of are? Like, how do you guys see it now? Under Rangnick, new manager, you know, performances are flatlined pretty much. Um you know, dressing room bust ups, leaks, <laughs> all these kind of things. It's like, where have we heard this before? Uh, where have we heard this before? And you know what's my and I even said this. This is the funny thing, you know, the funniest thing, yeah, is I even said like it's not even me saying I told you so, but it's like there's certain play there's just there's just a core of people that you just know that's a rotten batch. Doesn't matter who manages them. You know what's my dear? Arsenal are currently being recorded for um what's what's that thing all or nothing right <laughs> just the what we I, I, this is jay i'm sorry but i think all of us as neutrals are all happy to to to, to obviously see the arsenal were picked so we can see everything unravel see what's going on. <laughs> but i'm sorry they got it so wrong they should have gone <laughs> up north and gone to old trafford because <laughs> what on earth is going on <laughs> Honestly, all the rumblings that are coming out yeah it is Man, <laughs> like, like today, I saw, I saw that. Oh yeah, um, and I was also that he's fed up. Imagine this one's for you, Sir Alex. 
six <laughs> months later. But who's who's who's, who's, who's unraveling all these secrets? Like, <laughs> I just briefed the press like that. Man <laughs> United have been briefing the press for ages. This Honestly. is what you don't understand. Yeah, but this is this years, bro. But this is shameless, like this. Yeah, one. Yeah. Like, it's, it's scared like, too much. That it's, it's, it's a much. different yeah. level now. No, <laughs> we're not talking about conf- confronting the manager and that. No, this oh, is that the fourth going and, on? And, What's happening? And that was said about Oli as well towards the end as well. That yeah. man, man confronted him. Anarchy. Now, oh, now, now, around Ralph has been reluctant. Ralph has been there. Um, <laughs> uh, long. And, then, and, then, and then, and then, and then, people are confronting him again. But you know, oh, again, I, sorry, I keep referring to um, past pods, but like we said this on our past pod about the squad is imbalanced on the pitch and in personality as well uh, yeah. with the people, yeah. the personalities that are at the club. Um, and if yeah. you're going to play the four-two-two-two with you know hard pressing and whatever, you're going to need a, some hard workers in there. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard work. It's hard going. Trust. Trust. She will tell you. At Liverpool, the, the gang and press. It's hard work, bro. You right. don't need any prima donnas or any divas. Or let me not even sort people say divas, but like you know, just yeah. you need hard workers in there, you know, as yeah. well as as well as talent. It's um, a, it's about relationships, isn't it? Like yeah. football is relationships. So yeah. like the biggest issue I see for them is that there's not relationships across the pitch. So they don't have a centre back pairing that have a relationship. They don't have fullbacks that have relationships with wide players. They don't have striking. They don't have a strike partnership that have a relationship. You saw Cristiano Ronaldo, um, certain people weren't doing things the way he liked it. And he was visibly throwing his toys out of the pram. You know what I'm trying to say? The Breakdown Podcast. And it's like... Big man, holding eyes, like, and, uh, cutting his eyes. Yeah, he gave, he gave evils to Rashford, did it? When Rashford did <laughs> there you go. Him, gave him yeah. proper evils. And the thing is, I don't, I don't mind it too much if you know that there's like a, uh, like it's there's parity in our relationship, right? They're they're on the level, but mm. you know, you know, we did the podcast, and I said the big red flag for me to begin with, yeah, was when I heard um, the goalkeeper go on the radio and say Ronaldo didn't have. Breakfast, didn't have um dessert, dessert, so we all didn't have our apple crumble. <laughs> this is why you're finished. This is why you're stupid because you should have had the apple crumble. That's the reason. You, you men are finishing me on this project now. Oh, this is too funny. This they should have eaten funny. their dessert, brother. How uh, no, but on a serious level, yeah, as just as a human being, yeah, live your life, bro. Like, it's yours, it's your future. Like, he's the greatest goal scorer the game has ever seen. Cool, no problem. But he's 37 years old, bruv. Like, mm. it's it's just a different, it's a different type of thing. And for me, that was the worrying thing. Cause I'm like, listen, I hope Greenwood went and had, you know what I mean? A big slice of apple pie and custard. Like, <laughs> it's pudding, yeah. He should be drinking Maggie and doing what they're doing. Let him, if he wants to go sleep on an empty stomach, that's his business. Yeah, he's 37. You're in your prime. This is your club. It's not his club. You yeah, know what I'm trying funny. to say? Yeah. Did anyone see Luke Shaw's interview after the uh, game? What, well, what game was that? That it was it was the Wolves one. Wolves, the Wolves one. Wolves, yes, Bro, yes, yes. This guy, this man. But he's, so he's speaking his truth. That's the thing. Like, and it's to the point where all the social media messages that have come out from the club, yeah, mm. they've told a story every time we must go again. No, 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 this isn't good enough. Blah blah blah. 
bro, just stop, stop doing that. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Stop doing it. Doesn't to, to be honest, the fans don't care. That's the real truth, isn't it? Like, the fans actually don't care because when we see Rashford dribble the ball out of play, we're more pissed off when we see that. He's dribbling the ball out of play. Or if you see certain players, if you see Wan-Bissaka miscontrol a ball and then go and two-foot somebody and get sent off or whatever, we're more annoyed by that stuff. We don't care about... That's the truth. Like We don't care about what's going on in terms of your tweeting and that. It doesn't matter. Like... <laughs> What United fans are fed up of is man going on the pitch and can't do basic stuff. I tell you passing. Mark's had warm weather training for this. this <laughs> <watching> <laughs> <night>. <laughs> You've had warm <laughs> You're on the road to this. <laughs> no, because you, you look at it, yeah, you're like, the passing, yeah. And I, you know what? I saw Scott, Scott McTominay did an interview um, with Sky and the reporters asked him, like, look, the manager says that you do, like, you know, far too many sideways passes. Man, he started to get um he started to get riled up, Scott McTominay. Yeah, he's getting he started to get yeah. he was like, no, one, one, one square pass. It's like again, it's that kind of environment where you're like, he's just a report asking a question. Why did that trigger you? Like, this is what I'm saying. So it seems like in all the in what really and truly, obviously, to bring this to kind of a, a close or whatever, just on the club, it, what's missing is leadership. That's mm. it. And it has been missing for a long time. Even under Oli, Sir Alex Ferguson was still there in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like, just there in the stands or whatever. L- listen, what's missing is leadership. Because at least under Jose Mourinho, under Van Gaal, you knew who the leader was. There's no two ways about that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? However you like the football, you don't like the football, you knew who the leader was. Moyes wasn't, obviously, Moyes, again, he didn't have leadership there. But Van Gaal, Mourinho, there was some leadership. Oli coming in and whatever. <sighs> It seemed like too much of a democracy. It's not a dem- football's not a democracy at the end of the day. It's straight. The man, this is what the manager's saying, and this is what we're doing. You know what I'm trying to say? You think you could come out to Klopp and be like, yeah, man, I'm tired. He's just looking at you like, yeah, that's cool. On loan you go. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I look at certain players like Shakiri. I can imagine his lack of work rate was probably one of the reasons why Klopp didn't, uh, didn't fancy him too tough. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Thiago now. One of the reasons why I believe, obviously he's fitness and whatever, but Thiago's one of our favorite players or whatever. But if you can't, if you can't Henderson your way through this thing or Fabinho your way through this thing, it, do you know what I mean? As much as he's loved and he's a quality player, long term you're like, uh, you can see with certain players, Curtis Jones, you can see already that you're like, hmm. I wonder how this one's gonna go. <laughs> <That's> a, mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, you're funny, bro. You're like you're uh, silky, silky, lovely, brilliant footballer. You, you look a bit Coutinho-ish to me, and it's like I wonder how this one's gonna play out. So what I'm saying is, because Klopp's there, you're like this is how it's gonna go because Klopp's there. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because there's a leader there in there, Pep's there, whatever. Even you're seeing Arteta step up with certain like levels of leadership or whatever. However we like it or don't like it. There's still one person there. You know, David, bruv, they even changed his title from, from head coach to manager. <laughs> they let him know you're the you're the guy. And Man United, there's no leadership. It's Can complete anarchy. No shots on target versus Nottingham Forest. That is not leadership. <laughs> <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> but, but bro, hooking Tavares yeah, after 30 minutes. Bro, huh? he he's he, yeah, that's he's still oh. doing what he's doing, dropping a Bamiyang. At least there's something you nobody can say they're running the Arsenal dressing room. Impossible. 
Do you know what I'm saying though? With United, it's like with the only two players that I see here have a genuine relationship on the pitch is Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes. That's the only two people because I see every time Bruno Fernandes picks up the ball, he looks for Ronaldo. Ronaldo makes a good run. You know what I'm trying to say? But I think Ronaldo's frustrated because the balls that he's receiving from Fred and McTominay are not the same balls that he's receiving from Fernandes. And it shouldn't be just that he's waiting for one player. I'm sure if Donny van der Beek and Bruno Fernandes were to play in those, you know, the two just behind uh, the forward, the 4 2 2 2, you've got the two holding midfielders and then the two just in front of them who are like inverted sort of midfielders. I'm sure if they play Bruno Fernandes and Donny van der Beek, those two players, Ronaldo will be a lot, look a lot better because those are two ball-playing type of players. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Um, and then, like you say, about other clubs, and we said this about Chelsea before, but Chelsea found a way to make it work. Man United have got an imbalanced squad and there's going to be probably, there's going to be at least eight or nine departures. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I'm very surprised Jesse Lingard doesn't play in this 4-2-2-2 system. I have no idea why he wouldn't be playing in one of those front two slots. Oh, you know why though? You know why though? Mm. He's definitely he's definitely five for me this this January. I think this lad's had enough now, and I don't blame him because his time was up even under Oli. So I mean, for him now, it's just kind of like, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Unless Ralph Regnant now comes and she says, you know what? You man have been making me look the fool. I want to switch. I'm going to switch up the things now on you guys. This is what's going to happen, type thing. Um, but I just don't see that happening. You know, I wouldn't even be surprised, and I actually go on record saying I wouldn't be surprised if Ragnar actually actually left. You know, before the end of the season. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. But, uh, but Ragnar's Ragnick, cool, whatever, isn't it? Because he's got that two-year consultancy thing with his yeah. consultancy company. Oh, so, you like, might tell him like sticky, you know. So, so, he he, yeah, so he might, or United might sack him, but he might say, "Well, I'm still in the building anyway." So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in the building so you could do whatever you like. But like, just, I, yeah. I think he's he's trying, but I just think he's got a um he's got massive imbalances and he's got like I even think about the Varan signing, like and how that came up like came about. Um and was that the right signing for United and where United were going? Mm. Uh, I want to go. Real Madrid, Real Madrid don't let good players leave. Exactly. That's that's the thing. When Real Madrid let a player go, it means there's there's a problem. You can look at Modric, right? Modric is like, what? We've got he's got 37. Yeah, 36, 37, yeah. Ain't got nowhere. Crows ain't got nowhere. Casemiro ain't got nowhere. The the good guys aren't leaving Madrid. But but Verona, <laughs> what, 27? Got sold. 27? Yeah, got sold. Yeah. Yeah. They hand him off for and 50 million as well. And that's the thing. And and the thing is, I know I know that Rangnick did say from the time he came in, he goes, it's not going to take one week. I think Rangnick's probably had about two weeks worth of training with these people. Do you know what I mean? So it's not probably even... Yeah. Given all the games that they were playing and stuff and then the travelling in between, he probably hasn't had that much to tra- that time to train with them. But I can tell you one thing, he's going to smell a rat very quickly. Certain yeah. of those players cannot pass the ball five yards properly and they can't trap a ball. They can't... You know, there's certain players, they just don't have... They don't have the IQ. They were getting by on vibes before. He's trying to turn them from a team that goes on vibes and individual moments to a team that relies on the system. That this is simple. He wants it to be that anyone can come in and come out and interchange. He's not into the whole, oh, this is that player and I can't, you know what I'm saying? We're just waiting for this guy and then we score. So players like Rashford, they're going to have to adapt to playing like a team. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to have to up the IQ levels. It's not all about running and sprinting and, you know what I mean, running down blind alleys, coming back, cutting in, whacking the ball. Like, it's, it's not always... <laughs> you can't, bro, you can't... Like, this is not going to happen, bro. Because in the summer, it was Raheem Sterling that was playing for England. You know mm. what I'm trying to say? It was Raheem Sterling, it was Saka, it was the technical ballers that was getting the opportunities and increasingly more as our game in this country becomes more technical and the managers get better, you can't, you, you can't, you just can't do what certain men are doing. You can't, you can't move like that because like, if you can't pass, what are you doing in midfield? If you can't pass forward, for example, if you're a defender and you can't cross the ball, always hitting back post every time back post every you can't even put no variation in your crossing you, you're not going to play so it, do you know what I mean for me it's like it's a transition in the way that English football is being played More, and all the top teams are playing like this now they've all got managers that's you know what I mean top European managers do you get what I'm saying so and even if you want to play for West Ham you can't just get by like that West Ham have got some techie ballers Technical Everyone, forward. I mean, look at look at Villa now going for for Dino. You know, that's 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 the way that it's going. You um, can't hang if you if you can't we, you we, can't keep, you can't hang. We said this though, you know. I remember this. You know, when 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 Basaka went to United for was it fifty million? Yeah, I mean that that's outrageous. Come on, that is outrageous because you can see what what sort of footballer he is. So what are you saying about your style of play? So obviously there's a disconnect. In whoever's recruiting, because clearly he doesn't have the, the, the whole fullback conversation. That creative hub is not a new thing. It's not new. We've been seeing this for a long time now. A lot of the whip, the quality is coming from wide areas. So why you invest there? I have no idea. On your point about about Rashford, um, you know what? Thinking about his skill set, I think Rashford will be so good in a technical setup where he's just given some clear instruction, clear information. As far as a system player goes, I think Rashford could be could be excellent. But would um, he follow well, it though? He, he's he's going to have to. He's going to have to. I think he's still young enough to to do it. But when you think about who he's who he's been learning from at United, well, you know that's that's kind of that's kind of all you need to know about where he's at right now. But Rooney was he, probably his only mentor like that, and Rooney he only mm. played a certain while with Rooney, and then Rooney left, so he didn't have many mentors like that. Heavy. There you go. There you go. Okay, and you know what? To be fair, I think with Rashford, the more and more I watch him now, I think we spoke about this a couple of years ago as well about whether he's a wide man or striker mm. and all this stuff. I know this these conversations have always been around around him. The more and more I watch it, the more and more I realise now this guy's actual just a striker, you know. Mm. He's just actually just one of them. Get him out wide. He doesn't have like Mark. The, the word you keep using is so key IQ. He doesn't have the the the, the overall football brain to be able to dictate and manoeuvre the ball or manoeuvre his runs or move his body a certain way to actually play in the wide positions that he does because you're playing out wide or you're playing an inside ten position, whatever it is. Your, your function in that system now is to now be a provider. When has Rashford ever been a provider? Mm. For two forwards, you know, ahead of him. He's never been a provider. So at this point now, this is why people are saying, you know, it's better that you play Sancho in this position. You play Greenwood. Again, when has Greenwood ever been a, been a provider? Mm. So when you speak about imbalance, so you've, got to look at, you've got to look at the traits that these men actually say, okay, Greenwood, is his best trait is his finishing. Why am I sticking him out wide? I understand it because he can actually dribble on all the rest of it. Cool, but he's a finisher. Rashford, 
he's someone that got quite a number of he's got, he's actually hit a certain number of goals over the last however many seasons he's played in the league. Do you, do you know what I mean? So again, if he's a finisher, get him playing up top. Use his speed out. Uh, use his speed in the centre forward position. Get utilize his energy in pressing, in pressing forward of um, you know back lines and all the rest of it. The stuff that Ronaldo can't do. Apparently, did you see what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, United squad now. The more and more I look at, it, the more and more I realize, yeah, they they're severely lacking even in wide areas, bruv. Yeah, in wide absolutely. areas, especially, it's really, really bad. Not just the midfield, but yeah, you just got to look at this man's skill sets and just play to it. But yeah, they have to just they have to get to the summer just to round up on it. They have to get to the summer, and then they have to decide on what the proper long term future of the club looks like. Who's the manager? Is it Pochettino? Is it Ten Hag? Is it someone else that comes from left field? But they need to now decide upon a manager, and they need to decide upon that very quickly. That manager needs to come in and he needs to boot out the players who he don't want them, and it don't matter who it is. If you don't want Maguire as captain, I'm not saying I would do. You know, uh, I would I would be opposed to it. But if you don't want Maguire as captain, cool. If you don't want Wambisaka playing. I'm just I'm just throwing these things out, guys. This isn't my opinion. I'm just you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just I'm just giving ideas. Yeah, if, the, if anyone's watching, <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to play Scott McTominay, that's fine. That's fine by by us. You want to sign a central midfielder? That's what I'm saying is if you got this them doing this six month thing, I get it because it means that someone is short term doesn't have to take all the heat for this. Rangnick can just walk off and go, yeah, nah, it was a mess. Do you get what I'm saying? But they just need to get to the summer. <clears throat> they can win games. They can win games. They can wallop teams. You know this. Individually, they can wallop teams. But you know for a fact that when it comes down to it and they're required to be a team, this bunch will never be a team. It's a fact. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? But anyway, let's round up anyway. Um, AFCON um, 2022 AFCON kicked off already. There's been some, some decent games, you know. Um, I watched Ghana today, obviously. Um, going down one nil to Morocco, which for Kofi and Jay, I can imagine <laughs> emotionally, <laughs> yeah, invested there with Ghana and that. Um, but yeah, who do you, who do you think's gonna win the tournament? Who do you think are the the favourites for you? For me, for me personally, I can't look past Algeria. Um, perhaps Senegal will challenge them, um, but. Those two are my favourites. I think Algeria just won the Arab Cup as well, um, and they've they they're on. They're actually, I think, a couple of games or one game away from equaling Italy's record of consecutive wins or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're actually like on a different different playing field to most of the teams in Africa at the moment. So yeah, they're my favourites. Senegal, if they can get some of their players back um, and play their best football, then yeah, they, they'll challenge. Um, I've got yeah. some dark horses, but those guys are, are firm favourites for me. Algeria yeah. kick ball, you know. They, yeah. they actually kick ball. They play the ball on the ground. That's one of the things that I've noticed in like, a lot of the teams that win Afghan, you've got to play the ball on the floor because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like teams that are good, balls over the top, good in terms of crowding you out defensively and whatever, but individual mistakes cost certain teams in this in this in these tournaments always individual mistakes um lapses in concentration but the teams that can kick ball get the ball down and play it's like they don't need to be better man for man they never do do you know what I mean I don't think Algeria man for man I looked at this squad I don't think they're better man for man for example than Nigeria I don't believe so I looked at Nigeria's squad I don't think man for man but it's whether Nigeria's gonna play you know or even every coast Mm. but 
Solid. But Ivory Coast remind me of like the Dutch team. Like it's a few characters in there that just they can't get together um, mm. enough. Um, yeah, Nigeria. Nigeria is um, Victor out the Victor's out of Afcon, isn't it? T. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, it's a big miss. He got COVID. Yeah, and then obviously Dennis as well. Mm. Out, he didn't want to go. There's been a lot of smoke about, about Dennis, man, but it's clear he said it himself. I'm not on it, I wasn't interested. So, there you go. But that, that yeah. sounds I, I don't want to speculate too much, but given Watsford's stance or whatever, that sounds like someone said, Well, are you sure you, you, you want to go? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it sounds that way because the other players. You know, nations were saying Watford didn't want to release their players. Obviously, you don't know. Watford came out with their own statement, but Nigeria's got a good squad, definitely. But then Nigeria, yeah. you're opening games against Egypt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was saying that. I think I was, I was talking to, to to Jay about this. It's just yeah, the, the opening two games where West Africa, Ghana, and Nigeria against <laughs> against Morocco and Egypt is interesting. But um, yeah, I think for for Nigeria, um, boy, I don't know. You never really know, man. We, the, there's a lot of talent in, in the team. I would say, I, w- I would say that they're they're a dark horse, but I don't think I don't think we are. To, to be honest with you, I don't think that. I think if you look at the the manager situation, the technical director situation, all of that 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 just lets you know where we're at, man. So there's a lot of um, a lot of politics as always, a lot of politics going on. So I, I don't know if we're going to fulfil that potential, but um, yeah, for me. Um, I think Ivory Coast and, 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 and Senegal for me I've definitely Ivory Coast when I think about some of the talent in the team I know I take your point Jay 100% like there's 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 some issue there in, in getting some consistency but um, yeah you know it, some of that talent I just I just can't look beyond you know what I mean um, you know Kessier you've got Wilf um, who else is there um, Boba um, you know the Gradle some of these guys like and the way that AFCON has played as well Bayi and stuff the the way Af- AFCON has played as well I think if you can get a couple of wins and get some momentum boy there you go you know what I mean and there's there's a lot of quality in that in that side so mm. between them and Senegal because I think what Sars Sar's still injured right they called him up but Sars Sar's yeah. injured yeah, he won't. I yeah. think he won't come until the quarters. Take it to the quarters. Yeah, yeah. I think Senegal, Senegal are a good, are a good team. Beyond the the obvious favourites, they're a good team. They operate well as a team. But um, in terms of the, in terms of just the raw talent, for me, my favourites are because it has to be. Yeah, it's in there. I, I feel like Jay Ghana need a front man. No, like Gun, what's Gun, going Gun, on there? Ghana Gun, need a Gun, front man. Ghana have got front men. But um are you the, are you brothers? No, no, no. We've got Tete, um okay. we've got Richmond, Boachi Adam as well. These guys mm-hmm. are frontmen, like actual center forwards. Front, yeah. yeah. But like T said, politics, bro. The you brothers mm-hmm. are royalty in in, in Ghana. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Pele's boys. Pele's boys. So and Pele's he's the, the king like of Ghana mm-hmm. football, Ghanaian football. Mm-hmm. So those guys are going to be in there for as long as they want, basically. Um, and it's so frustrating because when yeah. I watched that today, that was the most frustrating thing to me. I think I preferred watching. I didn't mind. You see, Andre Andre ran around 
Yeah, Andre gets about, yeah. He gets about. Jordan, you know with Jordan, it's just an individual thing. You know, it's just individual. He gets the ball, he picks it up, he'll shoot from an insane angle. He can score, but again, he needs to be deployed properly. I would more much rather see him play wide, to be honest, like off a flank, so he has mm. to work a bit more. Can I just can I just ask a question because I missed it again? Did Jordan do that nonsense with his shorts again? And you can see his boxes. <laughs> no uh, no I, 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 I couldn't see my eyes were red, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always feel like that, but that that thing always slows him down, especially when he plays for us, man. Yeah, go on, go on, Jay. No, I was gonna say there's just there's a bit of politics with with, with certain players that that start but I also think that the it's frustrating the way the coach um set up the team to play he obviously said to mm. them get the ball whack it um mm-hmm. and you over guys chase yeah over the top whack it over the but top. in African yeah. football it's not in African football most of us men are quick you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. a lot of us yeah. men have seen it and we're weights as well we're levels yeah. so you're not just yeah. barging people over it works in Europe it yeah. works to do that to Europeans, in it a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. when someone that you know, you know, Sam Allardyce would have signed sign man in January. Yeah, and you know for a <laughs> fact, <Simple. laughs> it's curtains. Yeah. Hiring that and Sam Allardyce. That's yeah. that's what them are not on. It's it's a bit disappointing that, like today, seeing the ball just the defenders get the ball, whack it, mm-hmm. and you've got someone like Thomas Partey in the middle of the park, um, who can actually dictate, set the tempo. For the mm. team, and you, you know, we've got um, Kamal Dean on the wing. These guys like wing forwards, young wing forwards that can get in and do their thing. But we were just whacking it, whacking it, whacking it, whacking it. One, two, trying to, you know, get past these guys, and it, it weren't working. And it wasn't until we went one nil down that all of a sudden three subs came in, and then another sub, mm. and they, yeah. you know, With like eight, eight minutes to go. Well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we've, and we've I, these man, when they go one nil up, they're gonna just. Keep yeah, getting fouled, go to ground. It's not going to happen. It's done. And you know the funny thing is, as soon as as soon as the subs came on, crosses started going into the box. Second ball, third ball. I was thinking, where was this? Where was this for the rest of the game? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, for me, it's yeah. I'd like to see Ghana play with the front men because Ghana have got a decent side. That what I saw. I don't know the players individually, but what I saw, I was like, yeah, do you know what? They've got a decent side, but you need you can't play with the brothers. Well, they're going to, obviously, like you're saying, but you're gonna go out if you play with the brothers. Yeah, you have to you have to play, you know, square pegs in square holes, and that's what it is. And you know, it seems like so what what do you guys think about Egypt though? Just on another another one. Do you do you reckon Egypt have got a chance? They've up forward still. I'd say they agree. Yeah, yeah, and no, I was gonna say they got the best player, African player. Um, but if they got a deep enough squad, mm. I'm not sure. Um, and if is it going to be a case of get the ball to Mo, get the ball to Mo, and then other teams will be like, let's target Mo, and you know. Nice man, boy. When you come in with the tackles, yeah, yeah it's cleared. not going to be anything like cleared. <laughs> cleared. You know what I mean? And the referees, they're going to let a few go. You know, so I saw that today. I, yeah. I saw some. I saw some shockers. I saw some shockers <laughs> today, and I was like, Ooh. but this is but this is football. This is football. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've got to say though, yeah. One thing I've got to say though is the the Sky Sports coverage. I'm sorry, it's shocking. It is shocking. Like, I'm sorry, but 
I know they've 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 you know they've got the rights for the first the first time it's been on Sky, right? Since I've been alive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Eurosport, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Eurosport is the thing, but I'm sorry, but it's shocking. When when is there ever one commentator? On any, on any the, the, the commentator for um I don't know if anyone watched the Senegal game um before the mm. Ghana the Ghana game the commentating was just was shocking I, I mean yeah. he didn't even sound like a football commentator he just stuck a guy on and whatever. they should have got us man they should have told yeah. you Sky if you're watching this or you're listening bro you need to just use us man we know what we're talking about we'll be able to do a good it, job man. of your half time analysis and whatever because I don't feel like there's I think Jaya Touré in his bedroom kind of thing like I don't know if it's I, I don't know I don't know what's going on with the halftime or post-game analysis. It's just kind of like they're showing the game and then that's it. Yes. Yeah. Off we go, yeah. Sky Sports News. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm watching the game on stream. You know the ones where it's not even being broadcasted? <laughs> yeah. 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 It feels like that. It's weird. Mm. Can, I, yeah. can, I, can I mention one more team as well as a dark horse? Cameroon. Yeah. Mm. I think Cameroon, mm. with, with Etu coming in as their president, um, mm-hmm. There's been a raft of like kind of good feeling and a lot of men that who took themselves out of the Cameroon setup of now um, said, okay, cool, we're back in. Um, and I think man like is it Vincent Abu Bakar and um, mm. Triple Motting could probably lead a charge for them man as well. So I'll, I'll put Cameroon in there for Dark Horses as well. They won it what? 20, before Algeria, it was, it was um, Cameroon, I think, that won it. Mm. For Algeria in 2017 or something like that. So, yeah, man, I think they want to watch as well. Yeah, Great team. Calm, calm, calm. All right, cool. Well, that was the Breakdown Podcast episode 18. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. The Breakdown Podcast.